Gotta go fast! You're listening to Play for Tempo. Hearthstone in 30 minutes or less with Schwal and Steven Sensei. Oh, this is gonna be fun! And welcome back, Schwal. We're so excited. Nerfs didn't happen. Nope. <laughs> That's not helpful. Um... Nerfs didn't happen. I guess Dean did an AMA yesterday, but I didn't dive too far into it. So I'm sure there's a recap on what out of cards, out of dot cards usually recaps that. So I'm sure there's some news from Dean about something interesting. But uh, what are we going to talk about today since we can't talk about nerfs? Uh, We're going to talk about the most important card in Hearthstone and tennis. What? Yeah, yeah, it it's weird, I know. So, the most important card, or eight cards, if you're uh, Stephen, is the coin. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. Yes, so there are eight different versions of the coin. Now, for those of you that don't know, the coin is a zero-mana spell that you gain one mana crystal this turn only. And this starts with player number two, the person yeah. to go second. Um. So, so we'll start with, since there are eight different versions of the coin, which version of the coin is the one that we should be using? I mean, should is entirely up to you. I use the default coin because I'm me and I have never bothered to change it. <laughs> You're boring and you hate fun. I understand. Um, I mean, like, I don't know. <laughs> maybe eventually they'll make a coin that is, you know, a relatively simple geometric pattern that I can unlock without, you know, buying the tavern pass and I'll switch to it. But for now, you know, regular coins for me. <laughs> Default coin. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm running the cat coin evidently. Cause I changed the cat coin whenever, and I have never changed it back. Um, it should be noted. You can also get a golden coin. Yep. And the golden coin is a little rare. How do you get the golden coin? You make your entire deck golden. Oh, so this is the blister guy coin. Yes, exactly. Okay. Now, we said there are eight coins, but there's actually more than that because there's like Innervate and Mana Biscuits and things like that. Do those count the same? Uh, No, no. I'm just talking about the one that um, you get for going second this time. Uh, Okay. (laughs) So why is the coin the most important card? Uh, the coin doesn't end the game, Schwal. The coin doesn't go face. <laughs> no, no, it does not. <laughs> All right. Uh, to start, I'm going to uh, talk about the other cryptic thing I said in the intro, which is uh, tennis. Um, so in tennis, the person who gets to serve first um, usually wins that uh, game. Um, yeah, tennis terms are weird. Sorry. Um, game meaning like that volley, basically. Um uh uh so uh like and by usually i mean i think it's something like on the order of 80 percent of the time like it it is seriously that much so it's a huge advantage to go first in tennis incredible advantage yes and so and is it the same in hearthstone that there's a huge advantage to going first no in hearthstone going first has a usually somewhere between 51 and 55% win rate comparatively. It depends on matchups a lot too. 
Like there are some okay. matchups where that differential is 10%. There are some matchups where it's actually negative and it's better to have the coin. Um, but so it, it's not nearly as bad as tennis is. And, but the, the thing, so the thing about tennis having this in, huge inherent uh, first play advantage is that if you can win a game where you did not have the that advantage, where you broke the serve, where you won a game where you were not serving, you are massively favored. That is a huge, huge advantage. Because now you get to, you know, because if you just won something at 20% and then you also get to, you know, keep winning your 80 percenters that means you're probably going to win that set and eventually that match um because when you when you break that serve when when you are not serving yeah and then you win that particular game that particular encounter you then get to serve so you you go from being an underdog to being a huge favorite with a great swing in your favor Exactly. So, um, so yeah, in tennis, that's called breaking serve. Um, and it is like, like I said, very important. Like if you can learn to break serves well, that, that is going to be huge for your tennis career. Um, so the thing is this, this is also a thing in Hearthstone and for largely the same reasons. So the, Though, in general, it's it differs from tennis in that it tends to happen inside a specific game rather than just, um, uh, you know, uh, if you won that game in general. Um, so the, the thing about Hearthstone in that way is that you have to, when you are given the coin and the extra card, you have to know that you are behind. You start behind. Because your opponent gets to act first, they get to attack with their minions that they played a turn earlier than you. They get the inherent uh, advantage, and it is your job to use the coin to break that, to get them off that, to retake that advantage, to get it back to even, or preferably in your favor. And, you know, you can do that a little bit with the extra card that you get, but mostly you're doing that with the coin. And so that that's what we're going to talk about this week is using the coin effectively to win games. The coin doesn't go face while the coin does not win games. <laughs> okay. But so. it is a tool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So, so the coin becomes a tool that, ideally gives us the ability to make up the tempo advantage that the other player has by going a turn early. If they've put out a one mana minion on turn one, we can possibly coin and put out a two mana minion that they can't remove that we're starting to make them make decisions about either trading or that we're going to be able to trade and starting to kind of reclaw that advantage. Right. Yeah. So yeah, the, the coin has three major uses. Um, number one is doing a particularly powerful play a turn early. Um, this, 
this has a lot of specifics that I'm going to get into later, but like this is a very common use case and often sort of this is like this is step one um like this is if you can this is what you want to be doing with the coin um number two is smoothing out a curve making a hand that would otherwise have wasted mana not waste any mana like if you if your hand is like a two drop and two four drops you can, you know, pass turn one, play a two drop on turn two, coin a four drop, play another four drop. Like that is, you know, you just saved not being able to play turn three, which is incredible. Like that, that is very important in some uh, matchups mm-hmm. and with some decks. And the last one is it's a spell. And this does matter, uh, especially in... Um, it especially matters for activating combo in Rogue, and right now yes. activating Kolkar Backrunner in, uh, or Gadgetan Auctioneer for similar reasons. You know, being a card you can play for free that gives you, you know, an activation. This tends, this only comes up in very specific decks that play, you know, that sort of thing, but they are, they, it can be extremely important to that. To the point that I, like, um, face hunter actually like i think has i think your advantage on the coin because so much of your deck uh has a, a advantage to uh having um uh, spell synergies and like yeah aggro matchups are usually very heavily uh play favored yeah and i mean that's very true for rogue as well i mean Having the coin as rogue, not only does it smooth out my hand, but having the ability to go, oh, turn two, I can play the coin in a SI7 agent and do damage to remove something and take control of the board. It can be a major swing early or late game functions as a great activator if I need it. It's absolutely. Yeah, like coin SI7 agent never underestimate that that is one of the best plays in all first like coin si7 take out something with two health like that that wins games of hearthstone just by itself so much of the time do not be afraid to do that (laughs) Um, and also if you don't have the coin and you don't have a play on turn three and you have an si7 agent please play the card don't hold it in your hand and do nothing or just hero power because you think that you need to get the activation and the two ping damage off of it no play the si7 agent without the combo on the board on turn three if you have no other play yeah sorry small rant (laughs) yeah like i realize yeah so like the important thing about the coin is that you know you need to play cards that use mana most of the time that is your goal in hearthstone and the coin makes that much much easier but if you can't use the coin to do that still play the cards that cost mana because they are the cards that do things uh all right so in aggro you generally want to break the serve early you want to have an you want to get that advantage as soon as you can like there's a quote worcester guy loves which is that um Two is way, way more than double one. And that is especially true with the coin. 
If you can spend two mana when your opponent spent one mana, you just spent double the mana. If you spend three mana after they spent two mana, you only spent a third more mana than them. Like, the, you know, you are making up, making up that difference early in aggro matters a lot more. Like, I... The games where I'm playing an aggro deck and I do not spend the coin on turn one or turn two are vanishingly rare. Like, I would, you know, I would say less than 10% of the time do I get to turn three while still having the coin in my hand while I'm playing an aggro deck. And I'm guessing the only times that happens is when you happen to have a hand makeup where you're just playing out good cards and you don't necessarily have the need to use the coin to jump a mana cost. Yeah, exactly. It, it, if I'm saving it, it's either because I'm doing very well already and I don't need to spend it, or I am oh, I have a particularly bad draw and I need to um, make up for that with the coin by smoothing out my curve. Um, but like, there... The thing that made me think of this topic was um, someone posted a replay in Blister Guy's Discord, and Blister Guy was like, "Yeah, I think you made you know a few minor mistakes here and on turn seven. You uh, misspent your mana a little bit and whatever, and all of which I agreed with, whatever. Uh, but like the you know when I bet, went back and looked at the replay, I was like, oh, the thing I disagree about Blister Guy with is like the first two turns of the game, where I would have coined two one drops on turn one." And I think I would have been in a much better position by doing that. <laughs> uh, and, and uh, you know, the do not, like, playing extra cards, especially extra cards early, but also just a bigger card early, is huge in aggro. Do not be afraid to do that. And this is also where I get to talk about another zero mana card, the Wisp. The Wisp is a zero mana one one. We don't play it in any decks because the value is too low. But you know, except you walk in wild, and that deck isn't actually very good. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but a zero mana one one is, in theory, no different than you on turn one playing a one drop coining and then playing another one drop that's a one one because the coin effectively costs you zero. Exactly. What you're getting there is a free wisp. You know, by spending the coin on turn one, you are getting the free wisp. You are getting the value of a card by playing two cards. You know, a wit. You know, a card is worth a one-one even if it doesn't cost any mana. That's why if you can play two one-drops on turn one, you get a free wisp. That is what. The coin becomes a wisp, and a wisp on turn one is really good. And the reason we don't play wisps on our deck isn't because they're good, not good on turn one, because they are. It's because they're really, really bad on turn four, <laughs> and they're and awful. They late. take up a deck slot. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like if you could run a wisp in your deck that guaranteed it was started in your opening hand, Agar would love that card and they would play it. If so. They- so what we're saying is we need to convince the Hearthstone team to design Patches the Wisp because no, Patches no, no, always no, 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 no. Patches always starts in your hand. So a, a zero mana 1-1 one, one that always starts in your opening hand. This is what we want. No, 
I'm just saying that card would be incredible. I'm saying it would be a terrible idea to actually print it. The uh, thing that's interesting, you say it would be terrible, but I bet you if they put that into a set, you would have a wide swath of the card reviewers going, no one's going to run a zero mana one one that starts in your hand. No one wants this card except like a couple aggro players and you go is shouting from the hilltops of no, this is horrible. Don't do this. Yeah. So like, yeah, the a balancing factor in this game is how good is cards that are good early are not good late and cards that are good late are not good early. And if you make a card that is only good early, but you guaranteed have it early, that card is busted. <laughs> and so, another thing to think about in this too is, you know, there's been a discussion over years now that yeah. there's always a problem whenever the team prints a zero mana card or they print mana reduction that can reduce things to zero mana. Now they've gotten away from printing mana reduction. Now a lot of the mana reduction says, but can't cost less than one. Yeah. Um, this is the original zero mana card. And it's the zero mana card that has always been in standard since the beginning. Yeah. So doesn't that make this card problematic then? Doesn't that mean that this card is inherently overpowered and maybe we shouldn't have the coin in the game? Oh, it is inherently overpowered. The problem is that going first is also inherently overpowered. And so they even each other out. (laughs) Okay. And I, I know there were there were there's history behind that where they this was this was a design problem for the team when yeah. they were first creating the game of figuring out how to deal with the spike that going first has. How do you balance that out? Um, I think at one point, one of their ideas was that the second player would actually start with two mana, a um, bunch of other things, but. The coin is what they settled on as being the closest to being able to get the start of the game to being 50-50. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. The, that is, the coin in aggro, play it early, use it to play cards early, and keep playing cards on curve. That is the goal of the coin in aggro. In mid-range, you're, more often than not, you're using it for smoothing. Like, occasionally you'll play a mid-range deck that has a particularly powerful play, like um, the uh, Spiteful Summoner decks back in the day or something like that, where you can, you know, where if it's, where if your curve isn't too bad, you can, you know, coin out a particularly powerful thing. But mostly with mid-range decks, you're just smoothing stuff out. You're, you know, you're letting it influence, you're letting it, you know, you know, you're letting your hand of, two drop, four drop, four drop, be effective because you can coin out one of the four drops. You're doing that sort of thing. That is generally what you're doing in mid-range. It's pretty boring there. So it's there not only to either smooth out your hand, but it also lets you be more mana efficient in general. Yeah, exactly. That Um, like if you look at your hand and you have a turn, you know, four five six play yeah you don't have a turn three play you can you know possibly finesse some things where you're going to either coin a card or you're going to play a lower valued card 
and then coin and hero power something like that just to kind of smooth things out and let you get the most out of your mana and float one less mana on a turn yeah uh i will say coining hero power is almost never correct like it's sometimes okay in like rogue in specific scenarios it's sometimes okay in uh warlock in specific scenarios uh mostly to activate the quest these days like uh with the ping glasses if you're like taking out a very important minion sure you can coin the hero power but that's like really it you like very rarely do you want to do in like priest or warrior or hunter or anything like that um so uh now next up is control and control is very different in that control like is fairly often will be floating mana in the early turns and is okay with that and so what control is generally holding the coin for is for the power turns it is holding it up to you know clear the board or uh, gain a ton of life in the case of like reno They'll often hold the coin for Reno and Wild, uh, you know. But mostly, they want to hit a board clear a turn before they would normally have to wait to hit the board clear, which is going to save them a ton of life and a ton of resources, and that's how they want to win the game. Mm-hmm. You, you'll also see stuff like if um, back in the day, if um, the Warlock running Jaraxxus was in a like a slow game, they would hold the coin for the entire game, and then when they got to Jaraxxus, when they got the turn 10, they would Jaraxxus coin hero power to make a 6-6. Six, six. Like, that is, you know, when you're not under pressure because either your deck is built to handle pressure or, you know, you're just planning not to spend mana that much, you can hold the coin for longer to do more, to do very specific things, and that's okay. Yeah, and there are times where I've been playing a control deck or a combo deck, something that is is designed to go late game, where I have held the coin, and my draw and my hand makeup's been such that I've won with the coin in my hand. Now, I've probably misplayed somewhere along the line there because it was a resource that I didn't end up using, but I, I there's times I find that in the late game scenarios where maybe I don't need it or there doesn't feel like there's a good place to go ahead and play it and use it. In general, the argument would be though that you want to use the coin or have a game plan for the coin anyway, especially in a longer game, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. In control, having a plan to when you're going to use the coin is like generally what you want to do. Um, uh, you know, the, like the example, like last meta in priest was like, they would hold the coin so that they could, um, soul mirror on turn six instead of turn seven. Like that was such a big swing that they would, that they were just fine holding the coin so they could do that or fit in more heals for Zyrella or something like that. Just get in the clear a turn earlier. Uh, and last up we have combo and in combo, it's sometimes it's used like it is in control to you know stay alive, and, um, not you know not die to aggro or whatever. But you 
but most often is just used to have more mana on the turn it wants to win. <laughs> the you know it it that it's really simple. It's just you know I want to have the maximum possible mana on the last turn and spend you know play a ton of cards on that last turn. And if I do that, I usually want the coin for that. That that's really it. The, it's not complicated. Yeah, I I I remember things like you know back when Shutterwalk Shaman was a thing in standard that having the coin to be able to play an early Shutterwalk to accelerate the win yeah. was really good, um, especially if you were bouncing a bunch of them back to your hand and then the next turn you could just play them and watch your opponent concede. Um, yeah, it, it's accelerating the win kind of like in control. It's accelerating the win through a board clear. You're yeah. just using it to accelerate your actual combo. Yeah. And the last thing I wanted to mention here is that you have to mulligan with the coin in mind. And like, especially in aggro replays, I see this a lot. Is that people will like, you know, have a hand that like, they wouldn't be that would not be good if they didn't have the coin and they like mulligan three cards from it to you know go look for a curve that works and i'm like no 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 stop you had the curve that worked and you mulliganed it away because you forgot you had the coin <laughs> you know the you have remembering you have the coin for the mulligan is super important like if you have a one drop and two three drops and you're on the play that's a really bad hand. You have to throw back those three drops and hope you get a two drop. But if you're on the coin, that's a good hand. You can play the one drop on one coin, a three drop, play the other three drop, and you're going to be okay. Like you don't. So the, the extra use that information that you can coin early to fix your curve, to play advantageously, keep that in mind while you're mulliganing is very important. Now, is there a concern with aggro? Like, I mean, they what you say makes total sense. Like, you yeah. you want to smooth that out. Like, one drop, coin, three drop, three drop, and then whatever you've drawn since then is a great start. You mentioned that there's times that you've gone one drop, coin, one drop. And at that point, I'm thinking your hand is starting to now run low on cards. And aggro generally doesn't have a lot of draw. Is there... Is there some sort of concern or balancing you do in your head when you're mulliganing, knowing that, okay, I'm potentially going to be dumping cards out of my hand and then be relying on draw RNG to be able to keep the gas in the tank? Uh, no, I, I put my foot on the gas first, and if I run out of gas later, that's a problem for later. <laughs> Ah, so you'll you'll deal with that consequence of your actions when it occurs. Yeah. Like in my experience, the being ahead, having the advantage early is so important that I do not care about the especially in aggro, that I do not care about running out of cards until I am almost out of cards, until I have like one or two, maybe two cards left. Like and so I do not even think about it in the mulligan. Okay, because I know sometimes in Rogue, doing the same thing, like you, might, I might see some early turn shenanigans I can get away with, but then there's also the 
very real breath of, okay, but if I draw a five and a six drop over the next two turns, then I'm giving back all that tempo over turns two and three or three and four, where then I'm kind of hurting because of it. Yeah. But like for aggro, that makes sense. Like gas and go. Yeah. Yeah. That differs between decks. Like if I'm, if I'm like a mid, a high end or a high curve mid range deck and I, you know, start with two, one drops and, you know, like one drop, one drop, two drop and like four drop, I probably won't coin the other one drop because I'm too afraid of missing turn three. Like, but I'd be tempted. I wouldn't lie. I'd be tempted. And of course, you're going to make that decision based on what your opponent does and knowing what your opponent is in the matchup and things like that. There's going to be situations where that is the right play. Yeah. Like if my opponent is a face hunter and I can, you know, out-tempo them in the early game with one drop, one drop and into two drop and then you know, and then if I draw a three drop, I just win. I'm like, I'll go for that. But, you know, if it's, you know, against like a random control deck, I'm like, no, it's way more important for me to just hit stuff on curve. Fair enough. So, yeah, the coin appears to be the most powerful card that we have and i mean not necessarily that you know as i've pointed out it it doesn't go face it doesn't do damage but it can be used to put you in a position where you can exactly in this case zero mana gain one mana is a really powerful effect now there is a card in wild And there was a card in standard way back in the day that was the counterfeit coin. Yeah. Which was a zero mana gain one mana crystal this turn only. It was the coin that you could put in your deck intentionally was run by rogue for obvious reasons. Yeah. Would that have, would that have been more of a problem if it started in your hand? Oh, absolutely. If, if that, so yeah, if that card started in your opening hand, you would probably play one of them. Maybe, yeah, I think you would just play one of them. And your mulligans would be much, much better. And uh, you would win a lot of aggro games that way. Counterfeit Coin was played mostly as a combo piece with Gadgetan Auctioneer decks. Like, it wasn't... Yes. Like, you know, you would do tempo stuff with it occasionally, but it was in the deck to be an auctioneer ping mostly. And, you know, like if you, so like say right now you gave the option to run that card to face Hunter. Like, I don't think we'd play it or okay. like it would be borderline. Like, because while the tempo is that great, losing the value of the card is important too. And the coin, we get we get the coin for free and we get the card for free, which is important. The draw, it doesn't cost us a draw. Yeah. And it doesn't cost you a slot in your deck where you could be playing something better than gain one mana crystal. I mean, yeah. it, well, it's kind of like Innervate, 
like you know there yeah. yes it has its use in some decks but yeah especially like, something like face hunter you you don't necessarily want to take up that deck slot yeah all the all the druid decks right now are spell druid so they all play innervate but you know like you know back in the day like you know spiteful druid like it didn't play well i guess it could i forgot about that anyway like even if spiteful druid didn't have the uh weird uh, restriction that i forgot about for a second like it wouldn't have, it probably wouldn't have played innervate in the deck like it, it you know it's it was fine playing stuff on curve and you know doing its weird broken thing in the late game like it was just a regular minion deck that had stuff it wouldn't have played the coin in the deck but when it so, got the coin it was very happy because it could mulligan much much more effectively yeah so the final question i have for you with with all of this thought about the coin and you know we we missed the other use case scenario is where you check who you're playing against and if you see that it's Bodicus or hat or edelweiss <laughs> you coin and then concede the game because that's as you do um do you think that the coin as a design decision and the way it's been implemented that is is this the ideal ideal way to overcome that design problem did did they nail it i mean we've had it for six years would you change it absolutely not i think they absolutely killed it with this design decision they made a card that is very good to the point that it balances out going first in a game that uh, has attackers advantage um is complicated to play so that it adds skill to every game and feels good to play. So even if you're not great with it, you're, you know, you feel like you're doing important stuff with the coin, like, uh, and has lots of interesting interactions that make it, you know, more than just the, like, it is one of the best designs at Hearthstone, honestly. Yeah. And you have lots of artwork choices too, but, as Schwal says, the original coin is the the choice for him. Yeah. Uh, great. So, yeah, I, I think you've brought up some really good points. Thinking about how to use the coin, what is your game plan, making sure that you mulligan with the coin in mind because you know you have the coin when you're doing the mulligan. Remember that it is a resource for you to have. Uh, yeah. It's a card that I think that we don't often talk about or think about, but yeah. it has some very real repercussions for the outcome of the game. Definitely. All right. So next week, uh, maybe nerfs. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> I think it is very likely. Yeah, because I, I know that they decided to hold back, um, yeah. which... It is not necessarily a, a bad thing. No, it, that um, made sense. The meta was still being crazy. So, you know, what let, let it even out a bit before you do anything makes total sense. Yeah. Uh... Like, I think, like, the thing about last week was there, like, there were a couple of cards, like, they could have hit and everyone would have been like, yeah, sure. The problem is that if they hit those and nothing else, they don't really know what would have happened because the meta was still evolving at that point. Now that the, the meta is settling and if, you know, and they make those nerfs and they know what else they have to nerf so that things stay balanced, which I think is a good place to be. 
Yeah. And and that's very true. So okay, I I lied. I'll take a look real quick for uh, Hearthstone Real Dad Dean Ayala's quick thing. Let's see, limited system changes. Um, there is an idea that they're talking about. They there's some UI things to work out, but that they would be interested in possibly testing us, letting us ban a class on ladder. Huh. Could be interesting. It's it, it's not not something they're doing right now, but like it's something they've thought about, and that it would require some work. And that if they wanted to test something like being able to let people ban classes, it's something that they would probably only let us do for a couple weeks. Huh. I'm skeptical. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's that's a fair description. That letting us ban classes has a lot of knock-on effects, and I'm for ladder. Like it works fine in tournaments when everyone's bringing multiple classes, but the yeah, I'm not sure about it on ladder, honestly. Yeah, uh, other things. Talk of adding a damage cap of 15 before any players die in battlegrounds and then once there's only seven left in the lobby removing that that's interesting uh their philosophy for card design more recently is that every card is now created there should be an audience for that card so no more worgen greaser or chillwind yeti kind of vanilla minions i mean Chillwind Yeti was like actually a constructed playable card back in the day, but yeah, the, no working resources fine by me. <laughs> and and you wouldn't print it Yeti today. Oh no, absolutely not. Uh, okay, cards for the mini sets and the mini expansions, which we will have another one of those. Obviously, we don't know when. Yep. Um, they get started on those ten to twelve weeks after they've started design on the expansion. Huh. So that means that they already have, you know, 12 week lead time of designing and doing probably some internal testing with initial card designs before they even start designing the mini set. So they can kind of plug some holes or pump some things up. That's interesting. Huh? I, so I had assumed the way they would do that. The mini sets was, um design a set with uh you know 160 170 cards or whatever and then then, pull some out (laughs) exactly but no apparently they don't which is interesting yeah and i mean i i could see like maybe there's some that they do pull out that they go this would be better in the mini set and this might be better they might do some shuffling but it's interesting that they kind of focus on that core set and then go from there huh yeah definitely uh, opening up the options menu is something the team would consider more now since the card game genre is more understood now. Thank like giving God. us more options and buttons to click. Huh? That'd be interesting. Auto squelch. And <laughs> <laughs> never going to happen. Um, ah. I am holding out hope. <laughs> Frankly, yeah. that is but, the one option that like I I 
sorry, this just it annoys me to no end, and I find their arguments against it completely absurd. But we should be able to say I don't want to. Yeah, we 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 don't communicate through emotes. We annoy each other. The only time I emote these days is if I'm doing a friendly match with someone that I'm like, hey, I've got the friends quest. Do you want some XP? Cool. And we both start the game and it's it's like greetings, hello, welcome, and then you know, well played at the end. I might give if if I'm in a game with someone I don't know on ladder and I lose, I'll give a well played, especially if it was a well played game, or if there's a really good turn they have, I'll give a wow because it's just like, well, that blew me out of the water. Totally didn't expect. But I don't use this to communicate. Like, yeah, auto squelch is fine. Yeah. <sighs> if it's somebody I recognize on ladder, I will greet them and I will unmute them because I have auto squelch on my uh, deck tracker. But mm-hmm. like for the, you know, 99% of people I play who I don't recognize, like, no, I, I don't use it. <laughs> The other thing, though, out of interest for this, before anything about the options menu happens, though, we'd be getting a collection manager update since it's probably first in the list. That, yeah, Mm. it it could use it. That's fair. Maybe start with fixing the scrolling so when you scroll down, it actually turns the pages the right way. Yeah, that... Uh, that, uh, That's mostly for Matt at Arms. I know that he was so excited. It was like the one thing he wanted, and then they bungled the implementation. I was right there with him. I was like, yes, I love this. Like, that is, like, a thing. Like, if I play a bunch of Magic Arena, which has this feature, and, like, you know, I just scroll through my collection to do something and then like i go back to hearthstone to do something i automatically start scrolling and it doesn't work and i have to think wait why isn't oh right like it is so natural when it works it is incredible and it doesn't work in hearthstone it gets me every time i come back (sighs) yeah i i still click i don't scroll because it's just i mean i don't scroll in hearthstone because i would have to scroll backwards and that feels weird to me but like you know in magic where it scrolls the great way like it's a, it's an incredible feature and i love it and and i think i i know various people have tweeted going um hey hearthstone team like in the next patch could you maybe fix it so we we can scroll the right way in the thing and no one's ever responded it's like oh yeah. <sighs> Uh, Dean's Dreamland stuff like if he had an unlimited budget and were able to do things that wouldn't take away from development he had all all sorts of ideas um, art overhaul maybe making 3D models for the cards open up the audience making cards seeing if there was a way to make cards actually tradable between collections of players um, more realistically, though, more social features for the game, playing together and ways to organize groups like guilds. Tournament mode, Dean. I Tournament mode. Like, even if there was just a way to, like, it doesn't even have to, like, you know, be a just a way to, like, challenge somebody to a best of three or best of five match. Like, it makes life so much easier like it would be well even a best of three or best of five mode would be cool 
Oh, if they were like, hey, you queue into this. It is a best of three mode and you get to switch your decks. Yeah, like uh, like that would that I that would be incredible. And when you can do that, you can start doing things like running asynchronous qualifiers. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so much that you could do there. And who knows? Maybe they're working on something like that. You know, they've got a bunch of stuff going on. But uh, yeah, so they're doing stuff. Dean's yeah. back. He's answering questions. Um, yeah, we, we've we still got a game. I didn't play this much this week. I was busy with a bunch of life stuff. I did yes. my dailies. Um, so that was a thing. Uh, I've got to do my daily today. It's the 15th for me. So I got the, the very expensive Nosdormu quest, which that's awesome. I'm glad that they found a way to push quests on particular dates which makes me wonder if we're going to start seeing other things like special quests for pirate day um since we already have (laughs) i don't know why i I know that but i (laughs) you know i i pride myself on having a wealth of useless knowledge while (laughs) the fact that you popped off with that day so quickly (laughs) i don't know why i know it that's the problem i never did it (laughs) I just know the day. <laughs> I mean, we are we already get we already get custom pirate emotes on that day for things, but with the ability to push out quests on a particular day or date, I think it'd be interesting if we started seeing things like, okay, it's pirate day, we're going to do this, or hey, it's it's Earth Day. So if you play Druid today or whatever, like, I don't know. I just, I think it's interesting that there's that ability to do some special stuff. Yeah, that would be nice. And while you're at it, please remove the um, quests that have you play spell school stuff. They're super annoying. Yeah. Yeah. But overall, you know, it is yeah. what it is. Uh, more games this week. Maybe nerfs next week possibly probably more from dean next week but uh again not quite 30 minutes or less but we appreciate you listening so thanks yeah goodbye bye wow well played